Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to BYT Radio. My name is Brandon Weatherby. BYT Radio stands for Brightest Young Things Radio. Brightest Young Things is an arts and culture website based out of Washington, D.C. with a presence in New York and Chicago. We do this show every Thursday for Full Service Radio, which is broadcast out of the Line Hotel in beautiful Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C. I am the managing editor of Brightest Young Things, and on the first episode of 2020, we have Death Becomes Us Festival director Jen Tisdale on the show. Uh, it's a new year. It's not a new us. Uh, it's a general uh, good time. General good time. It's a good time with Jen Tisdale and me on the new year, and mostly about Nutribullets and old houses. It's a new year. Mm. Yeah. You. <laughs> you. <laughs> last night we spoke, and you were speaking out of two sides of your mouth, which means. Uh, at one point, you, you you said you believe in New Year's resolutions, and then the other side, you said this doesn't matter, time shouldn't matter. Where do you stand on this? I think I, I think time matters when it's uh, convenient for me, as which is the case for all things with most people, right? Like, so for example, I don't care for New Year's Eve, but I like my birthday, so. Because that's fun and that's all about me, and I'm very selfish. Okay, so, but aren't New Year's resolutions also only about you? Yeah, but I there's a there's there's different kinds of disappointment for your uh, in making and or breaking New Year's resolutions versus whatever disappointments may come with getting older and celebrating your birthday. I think it's just the idea that you're setting yourself up for some sort of potential shame or failure and you can control that you don't have to make a new year's resolution that you might not keep right do you make new year's resolutions i think i have some sort at some point i have a passing thought along the lines of i'm going to just generally do better this year but i don't narrow it down (laughs) because it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, no, I, by February, I'm, I'm excited about my birthday. So okay, I'm already what over. is one thing that you want to accomplish in 2020 that will make you better? Oh man, I want to, well, one, one is uh, kind of an obvious, which is I, I want to be healthier in general. Uh, I already exercise brag, but, um, I have a, like, I don't cook and I'm not really sure I'm eating what I'm supposed to be eating. I'm not, like, entirely, not really doing vegetables very often. So maybe more of that. Why why no vegetables? Why not a fan of things from the ground? Um, They're not delicious. (laughs) So you, so maybe the issue with you isn't necessarily a vegetable issue. It's more of a spice issue. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, cooking overwhelms me deeply, um, and people do that thing, and I don't like it when people do this in general when they know something and you don't, and they say, but it's so easy, and then you're just like, oh, okay, well, why don't you plan a true crime festival, and I'll saute this salmon, and we'll just see what shakes out. What it's not you, easy. Is there anything you wish you knew how to cook? 
Oh man. Oh, healthy or just anything? Anything. I didn't. I don't care. Anything. Um. Well, do you know what's really sad? This is very sad. I bought a NutriBullet, <laughs> and P.S. It sat in a box for almost a year. Um, and then I eventually opened it up just to get rid of the box, not to obviously do anything with the NutriBullet. That would be crazy because I thought to myself, what if I just like make power shakes and slam them into my body and that's how I keep it, keep it healthy. And so sure. maybe my plan, maybe the plan for me is to a plug the NutriBullet in. That seems doable. Do you still have the NutriBullet? I'm looking at it right now. It's mocking me next to my environmentally unsound Keurig. Yeah, that's things uh, are those are nope. Okay, You're welcome. <laughs> yep, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna get a French press, DC. Sorry. Why? Why? <laughs> what are you? Are you opposed to French press because people have told you to you might like it, or you think it's too many steps? Why the why the love for the it's, curry? It's too many steps. I also. I, there's something that happens in my brain that I can't describe where if I get even a little bit overwhelmed, I just sort of shut down and I just, instead of trying to figure it out, I just don't do it. It's the same with projects where I'll procrastinate and just stop and, and shut down. So I just shut down. But uh, I also like really uh, driving home the fact that I live alone. So if I could just have single servings of literally everything in my home, a tiny Nutribullet, a tiny coffee. Look at that. No getting around it. Now, I'm not alone. trying to tell you how to live. I'm just letting you know that you can make however much French press you want for one cup, two cups, three. It doesn't have to be a whole pot. Mm, okay. Just letting so, you know that. It takes two minutes to make the Keurig. How long does it take to make a French press cup of coffee? However long it takes to boil water. You can do it in a microwave. It could take a minute. You can do it on the stovetop. Um, and have it scream at you in a, in a pot like that, that's anywhere from uh, 30 seconds to 10 minutes, and then five minutes to sit, and that's it. And then you stir it, and that's it. Well, now, well, here's the thing. and this, We've gone way off topic. And I don't know Not necessarily. I disagree. I don't think this is off topic. I think this is about, about New Year's resolutions, about bettering yourself or not bettering yourself. What's the point of it all? I think this is exactly what we're supposed to be talking about. All right. Well, I will say that there's some level, uh, on some level, I have these weird, um, like, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't grow up poor, but I didn't have a lot of money. And there's something inside of me that reacts strongly to anything that seems fancy. And I react to it in like a negative way, which I know is like, maybe that's the new year's resolution. Stop being so classist or whatever I'm doing. But like, Something inside me is like, ooh, I don't want to do that. That's for fancy, um, rich, mean people, which is very silly. I'm sure it's an incredibly affordable thing, but yeah, there's cheaper. just something inside of me. It, that's what I figured. It's way that reaction. Okay. So the, well, that's, that's the thing I find fascinating because I understand why you're saying what you're saying, but I look at it more from the actual financial standpoint versus the origin story of it. And if you look at it that way, Keurigs are incredibly more expensive and definitely are catering to a certain type of person that maybe has some disposable income where French press is the closest you can get to the most basic idea of like, other than soaking a tea bag, the easiest way to make uh, clear liquid into no longer clear liquid. 
Well, I don't know if it's the money as much as it's like, okay, well now we're so now we're going to get way off topic with the idea of like the kind of like culture that has like developed around coffee, you know, the way that some people talk about coffee, the way that some people talk about beer, those things always strike me as less as hobbies and more as very fancy things that overwhelm. It sounds like you're saying you don't want to have like your identity based in what you consume in terms of liquid beer or coffee or tea or whatever. That's true. But I obviously felt some like shame in saying I have a Keurig because I know how people react to that and how it's wasteful and terrible. And these little plastic pods are a disaster. And that's that. I don't care about that part. I don't, I don't want it because of the money part. Number one. And number two, I don't think it tastes as good. Mm. So oh, now we've, now we've come full circle because back to the food, because I have this, I'm, and I'm, I've always been very proud of my trash palette. I have a, <laughs> I'm like, let's go to a TGI Fridays. Let's go to a Cheesecake Factory. Let's go to Ruby Tuesdays. Like, give me like a basket of something. The first thing I look for on any menu are like, I'm like, is this place have jalapeno poppers? Thank you. Good night. Like that's, I will go to a very fancy restaurant and still get a burger. See, I don't, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I like all that stuff too. I think it belongs. And I think that maybe that's the thing in 2020 that like you could convince people that jalapeno poppers aren't necessarily garbage food or a bad palate. It's just a different palate. That's it. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. But like what I also find is that I don't, not only do I love trash food, um, it's not that I love both. I generally don't like very fancy, delicious food. When someone trots out something and I don't understand what it is, nine times out of ten, I don't like it. And I'm like, well, I guess this is, you know, when my when I was little, my mother used to be like, we could only get you to eat food if we poured ranch on it. And I'm like, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a That's, ranch baby, is what really this boils down to. I want I want Leonardo DiCaprio to draw me like one of his ranch girls. Come, yeah. that was a stretch. That's a real stretch. That one. Yep. The 90s are back, baby. In the Middle East, low-rise pants. (laughs) So are you going to set any New Year's resolutions, any birthday resolutions? Of I I think, to me, clearly, the Nutribullet is the way to go because you brought this up. I did bring it up, but do you know what's hilariously also holding me back from the Nutribullet? I shocked one of our coworkers recently when I revealed that I do not own any ice trays. Interesting. She was like, you don't use ice? And I was like, no, I just, I, I, like, everything I want to drink is, like, in the refrigerator. Yeah. So I, there's no need to get it even colder. I'm I fine. So a large portion of the Nutribullet, like, a lot of the um, recipes mm-hmm. require ice. So, and I know, uh, that's another thing that is frustrating about me. It's a very easy fix. Yeah. Go get an ice tray. I just haven't done it. But. So I think I told you last night, it's not necessarily a New Year's resolution, something I decided to do because I'm turning 40 this year. So not not maybe starting in like January 1st, but starting on my birthday, which is in February, is maybe trying to write in a diary uh, every day because the world tells us that 40 is a significant age and I don't know. I've got three good eggs left or something. What so is the goal? Uh, why write down something every day? What's, what, do you, what do you hope to accomplish with that? Well, one of my favorite books is Bridget Jones's Diary. Okay. Um, 
I read it every year. It's incredibly cathartic and hilarious. And I think part of the reason why I read it is because it's in diary form. And it is like a very quick and easy way to map any sort of growth you're potentially making. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's also just good for your brain, I think, to get it out. But something that I find is I'm, I'm like, am, am I being performative in this private writing? Because I think I am. So I'm trying very hard not to be like funny because who's reading it? No one's reading it. But I'm also finding that I'm it. still. You're probably going to reread it. I am. But I don't want to write as if I'm, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's not me. It doesn't feel like me. I'm trying to write what's going inside my brain and on, and I'm just like writing dumb jokes. <laughs> I'm like, well, this isn't. But are those dumb jokes honest? Or is this dumb joke the same idea of keeping a Nutribullet in a box for over a year? Like, you want the idea of using the diary to be something serious, but in reality, you really just want the jalapeno poppers and the jokes, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, that's my new... That's the name of the diary. I actually wrote jalapeno poppers and jokes on the front. and Just recipes for how to microwave and or bake jalapeno poppers? It's how to how to put cream cheese in almost anything. Truly, this is what it's all about. Did that, um, is that the name of your diary? Well, listen. Sometimes you get a jalapeno popper and it's filled with cheddar, and that is, I am offended by that. It's, it better be cream cheese. Um, so, so clearly, I that's the title of this episode: How to put cream cheese in almost anything. Yeah. Uh, subtitle: It better be cream cheese. Yeah, mine was better. Uh, Wait, what's yours? I have the same every year. Uh, I don't care about the working out or the eating better because that's a day-to-day thing. And uh, I think that the tools like the watches, like Fitbits and stuff, are incredibly helpful for those tools to keep you on track. But I'm also (laughs) opposed to personal trainers and stuff like that for me. Uh, If you need it, good for you. Uh, It's not for me. So I already do do all that stuff. The thing that I try to do every year, it's the same I've been doing for a almost a decade is um, read 52 books and watch 104 films. And thus far I'm on track. I got in under the wire, technically cheated because I finished the book on January 1st in the early morning hours, but I'd read 52 last year. I think I saw 106 uh-huh. films. So uh, a book that's a the week? goal every year. What's up? A book a week, two, two movies a week. That's correct. Yeah. You don't do that obnoxious thing. Oh, I'm calling out many people that we know. You're not going to put your list up at the end of the year, which I, that bugs me too. <laughs> no, I don't do that, but I have been thinking about, uh, for Brighty Shunk Things, maybe doing a feature. So something I also do that has nothing to do with New Year's Eve is I rank every song I like uh, by year. I like catalog them in Spotify. So I have playlists from like 1916 to now 2020, right? So I was actually thinking, what if I wrote about my favorite song that I discovered every year, like all of my 2020 new songs that aren't necessarily new songs. So like my favorite songs from one a year. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because you sent me, do you remember the, that song you sent me last year, I believe, that would be good for Death Becomes Us, was that murder. It was like an old song. Yeah, it was like from the 50s or something. I never heard it before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a cool song. And that's new to me. So the new yeah. to you song. Exactly. Not the new, new to you song. And I was thinking about doing the same thing for film. So most of these films I saw did not come out in 2019. Most of them came out before that. So maybe like the top 10 best films I saw for like that weren't released this year. Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. And and it wouldn't be like to rank anything of like this is better than this. You're like, oh, I didn't know this. This is pretty cool. I'm glad I saw it. That kind of thing. Yeah, I, that sounds more organized. Some sometimes I wish I was like you know more organized in that fashion. I'm I'm I still have cable. I still have cable, and I will still turn on the television. I will still scroll, and I am your parents who are just like <laughs> oh. Um, middle of the movie, I'll start right here in the middle. But you like and, that. Uh, I do like that. That's great. I'm, but I have like, and I like Hallmark and I like Lifetime and I even have shows I like on NBC and CBS and I'm, I'm using it to its fullest. I'm never going to cut the cord. That's great. If anything, you're probably going to be a more well-rounded person for that because I am only doing, not destination viewing, but I'm curating almost every single thing I watch. So, I'm not picking up anything that isn't already recommended to me or doesn't fit a certain algorithm. So in a way, you're probably going to have a more healthy, a healthier, more healthy, Jesus, a healthier consumption of media because it's not all just curated to your feet. It's not all, uh, you like this, you might like this, here's a suggested thing and the next thing in your queue. Well, yeah, I think that's how I found, like, again, it's not like Showtime and HBO and stars are secret underground. Uh, But most people don't subscribe to all the premium channels and that's how I discovered like these weird little like like uh, I can't remember the name of that Catherine Hahn Mrs. Fletcher show that mm-hmm. unfortunately was not for a second season but you know that's kind of why I keep those things around so I can have that I don't know man it's I'm gonna be 40 so <laughs> I, you I, keep I, bringing this up yeah, well you know what's really fun it's 20 plus 20 equals 40 <laughs> It's fun to be uh, born on a, like a, like a, like 1980, 1985, 1990, those sorts of things. Got it. Yeah. I, I keep, I keep, yeah, I keep wondering if I should be doing something different by this age. It's very, there's a lot of stress and pressure. Who's putting that pressure on? Uh, society, Brandon. Yeah, um. yeah, I know, but like, who, but honestly, who cares? Like, I, I, once again, I'm saying this as a straight white male, so it's completely unfair for me to say it's easy to dismiss these things, but when you say societal pressures, could you think of anyone in your life specifically putting those pressures on you? I'm not asking you to name names. I'm just wondering in general. No, no. I, you know, Instagram is putting the pressure on me. There you go. So maybe the answer is get off Instagram. You know what? Honestly, resolution time real talk resolution time yeah. i don't want to be on my phone as much i definitely want to do that thing where i you know come home and there's no screen time between this hour and this hour because i am just on it scrolling i don't even realize i'm doing it it's gross i feel gross uh, social media makes me feel gross we were together what like three hours last night i think the only time either I- of us pulled out a phone was to like you wanted to show me a cabin, and I wanted to show you a tweet, and then I showed you pictures of my kid, and like that's it. I made you. We looked at old houses. Yeah, that's it. But we didn't. <laughs> but I don't think either of us were like passively scrolling to kill time. Well, no, because we were together. But I live alone. You know, you mm-hmm. have a family <laughs> that you spend time with, and you know, my dog is not going to be like, please put the phone down. You just got here. Um, you know, it's just like, I'm just doing it. And I don't think I, and I also, this is so gross too. I'll admit this. I try not to post too much so I can look like I have more of a life. What? Hey, you're being honest with it. That's good. 
Like when I see people posting all the time, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm not going to disagree. Good for them, not for me. I, but having having this job for a long time has taught me that uh, just because you, uh, you are supposed to do something doesn't necessarily mean you should. And and the the longer I'm off of that stuff, the better I feel. So I guess that's a resolution. What a shock! Yeah, I have strict personal rules about social media and what I believe for me should be on it. And like I do think that if someone is struggling. Social media is a good tool, but I also think that there are sympathy junkies and people who are just like oversharing because they want attention. And I think that that's dangerous because it takes away from people who might actually be in need and are requiring some sort of very real attention. And I get very uncomfortable when I see like people oversharing on social media. I'm like, uh, I can't believe I'm requesting this, but more dick jokes. Are you ever hesitant to use social media because you you don't have to but it helps with the festival that you're on but it seems like oh yeah it's not necessarily the healthiest thing well sometimes i have this thought like what if someone i'm trying to work with be it a sponsor partner person looks up and sees some of you know something my tweets i've i've Sometimes I think about locking it down, not because I'm that worried, but because then it's then you just erase the the anxiety of what if. Because I I have a lot of tweets. I I looked the other day and I, it's alarming, um, and I I don't remember them all, obviously. So you know, I, I sometimes think to myself, I'm not a public facing person, but I'm not not a public facing person. So I do. I've uh, deleted things and I've thought to myself, is this necessary? Uh, could this be misconstrued? And then I just delete it. It's not worth it. There's no joke. I'm not going to die on any joke hill for sure. I've done the thing where I've deleted everything past 30 days. Ooh, do you use like a site? There's like a scrubbing thing or you just go through it manually because you don't tweet it. First they did it manually and now I have a scrubbing thing where it automatically just deletes it. Ooh, can you, uh, you want to, what's that? They're not advertising with us. What's that site? The one <laughs> that I'm going to recommend is no secret. Uh, the New York times and the Washington post both put in their like top 10 apps of the year jumbo. Mm. So I recommend jumbo. Jumbo is probably the easiest. You can do it with Facebook as well. So I've done that. Um, I've tried to take away pretty much anything personal away from Instagram as well. So you'll, I still post and unless it's about one of the shows I do, unless it's about the yeah. job, there's nothing real or sincere on my yes, you're very media. you're very work oriented with your social media well you know i have that book i, I interviewed kate black who mm-hmm. wrote that that book represent the yeah. woman's guide to run office and uh, she wrote it with Junae and Raphael. um and one of the things they said was you know if you're going to do that the first thing you should do is lock up your private social media and have a public facing work like social media and again i'm not running for anything and i don't think i require all that but that's like you know finsta and all that all the all the rage like if you want to have a weird persona lock it up and be weird yeah i don't i just it's just not worth it i mean if you really want to get to know me if you really like we're friends or we can become friends it's not complicated and everything else is a lie you get to know me, also, show them Show him an old house. Show Brandon <laughs> Weatherford. That's the way to his heart. So yeah, that's it. 2019 is over. 2020, we got to buy old houses and delete everything from the internet. Yeah, which is hilarious because on the one hand, 
we're getting rid of everything old. And on the other hand, we're desperately looking for everything old. <laughs> 